What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. If you're new here, we talk about a whole bunch of different things here on the show. We talk about marriage, we talk about fatherhood, we talk about personal development, we talk about physical health, we talk about mental health, and so much more. We talk about all these different things, all these different skills that we need to be great at what it is that means the most to us, which is being great men, great husbands, and great fathers. I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. You know, I know that you could spend your time doing literally anything else, but you've chosen to give your most precious resource in your time to listening to the show. And that's something that I take very seriously. And my goal here is to steward that responsibility well and give you the best return on your time as I possibly can. I really hope that you will walk away from, from this conversation today or any other episode that you listen to here on the show with something that you can take, something that you can hold on to, a little nugget that you can implement in your life to be a better man, better husband, or better father. That's my goal. I want to give you the best return on your time as I possibly can. And I just want to thank you. I cannot thank you enough for being here, for supporting the show, for supporting our mission here at Dad the Man. It means the world to me. And uh, I'm, I'm honored and flattered and so grateful to have this opportunity to speak to you. And I just want to thank you so much for being here. So today we have a, a really great interview um, with a guy that I was so excited to talk to, and we're not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to jump right into it. So today's guest is none other than the legendary big wave surfer and world-class dad, Shane Dorian. Shane has traveled the world chasing the biggest swells and pushing the limits of what's possible on a surfboard. But as we talk about today, it sounds like being a great dad and husband is his biggest adventure yet. We get into a lot of good stuff today. Like I said, the, this conversation was one I really, really enjoyed being a part of. I mean, almost right out of the gate, we go pretty deep into um, talking about spanking kids, right? So right into the hot button topic, the controversial topic right out of the gate. Shane, Shane's kids are a little bit older, but he talks about why he did this with his kids, why he spanked his kids and how he approached it. And then I kind of came from the other side of the fence and why I've chosen not to do that and the real reason for it. But it was a very open and honest and judgment-free conversation where we were both just able to speak our minds and, and we had a lot of respect for each other through it. And so if you've ever wondered about that or debated, you know, should you or should you not spank your kids? I think you might learn something from this conversation. I certainly did. We also talked about letting our kids choose their own paths and not projecting our own visions that we have for them, for their lives onto them and let, letting them really choose their own path. And we talk about what it's like, you know, being the little league dad for him, it was surfing with his son. For me, it's, it's baseball and basketball and just how insanely hard it is as a dad or as a parent in general to be rational when our kids are competing. It, it seems at sometimes to bring out the worst in us. And we talk about that today. We talk about paying attention to how we respond in moments of anger and frustration and how important it is to model the behaviors that we want our kids to learn. Like I said, I enjoyed this conversation so much, and I, I, I really love getting to, to talk to guys like Shane, the guys who have kids that are a little bit older, guys that have some real dad mileage under, under their belts, and, and this was just a perfect example of that. Shane is such a good dude, and it's no surprise to me now after getting to, to kick it with him and, and, and spend some time with him why he was so highly recommended as a, quote, you know, must-get guest for, for the show from a previous guest that we had on here. Um, 
but man, this was this was a fun one. I'm, it was a privilege to be a part of it, and uh, I'm so excited to share this one. So, without further ado, here we go. Here's my conversation with the Shane Dorian. All right, and we are live with the legendary big wave surfer, the one and only Shane Dorian. Shane, thank you so much for making some time for us today. Welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Super excited to have you. We uh, we so we got you on here. It's early in the morning for you. It's about s- somewhere in the range of six a.m. Learned this more. Learned this morning. Learned today that Hawaii time is six hours behind Eastern time. Um, I had no idea until we were just catching up beforehand. So I appreciate you guys, everybody. Just so you know, Shane has stepped away. He was on his way to the gym, turned around, came home to hop on with us. So uh, quite the privilege to have you on here. I'm stoked to be here. Thanks. Um, so. I want to wade in, Shane. I want to go back and give everybody a chance to get to know you a little bit. So if you don't mind, do you mind kind of just reflecting on your childhood? Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, you know, what you were into at a young age, any siblings, relationship with your parents, anything you're willing to share that might kind of paint a picture of where you come from. Yeah. Um, I was born and raised in Hawaii. My my parents, my my father was from Los Angeles and my mom was from Ohio. And my mom moved to Hawaii the day after she graduated high school to go to college at UH in Hawaii. And then my, my dad just got sick of, he got tired of living in LA that, that he had kind of like a crazy fast life in Los Angeles and he wanted to get out of there and he loved Hawaii. This is like right when statehood happened. So like literally like my dad moved to Hawaii, like in like, 1960 or something like that it was like so long ago um and then they met and um yeah i was born in the 70s and i have an older sister named Paige. and yeah we grew up here in kona on the big island of hawaii and pretty normal childhood really my my parents they 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 ran a restaurant called dorian's it was right on the beach here in kona and that's where that was like my, my really like early formative years. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my, my mom would do the books and organize all the restaurant stuff. And my dad was like a bartender and a maitre d' and a host. And, and they basically like, um, you know, it was right on the ocean. So they were, they were there all day kind of prepping for the day for their work. And then I was like during summers and after school, I basically spent every sort of waking moment at the beach in the water learning to learning to swim this is when i was really tiny but learning learning to swim learning to body surf and ride waves fish dive all that kind of stuff so so my early years were really kind of centered around the ocean very cool what was your uh your parents parenting style with you uh you know i, I i'm 50 so this was like in the kind of like in the early to early to late seventies, it was like a different time, you know, like uh, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are like a lot younger dads and can't kind of relate, but (laughs) my dad was super old school. Like he had me when he was about, I think he had me when he was like 40, 40, 40 or 44 or something like that. And, um, he was like, you know, my mom raised the kids basically like my, my dad would, kind of like provide and my my mom would do have all the responsibility of like raising the kids so um that was my dad's style and then my mom was like you know just a super mom I'm still very very close to my mom have incredible amount of respect for her in so many different ways 
Um, but she basically raised us and my, my parents got divorced when I was 13 years old. Um, my dad was pretty severe alcoholic and my mom just got sick of that, that whole deal and that whole lifestyle. And she was getting really healthy in her life. So she was just like, Hey, this isn't working. So she, so she took me and my sister, we moved out and, um, she worked one or two jobs the, my whole childhood that I remember until I, in, in, you know, in those years, 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was, a, I mean, yeah. So, so my mom was like a super mom and my dad was a little bit checked out as a parent yeah. for sure. Um, the alcohol thing was gnarly. That was like a really, um, significant portion of my childhood. And I think one of the things that shaped me as a person over time, that whole experience. <clears throat> and then, um, fast forward to when I was 15, I became really, so, so when my mom and dad got divorced, I don't want this to be too long and drag on, but I, you know, like most kids that are really young who or so, like some kids that are really young, whose parents are going through some gnarly stuff. Um, I started getting into trouble. I started getting bad grades and making some bad choices, hanging out with a bunch of idiot kids, um, started getting into some dumb stuff. And, um, you know, just kind of like, I was kind of lost a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, I was all, oh, I loved surfing. I fell in love with surfing when I was about kind of like, I started surfing when I was five wow. and I started really falling in love with surfing when I was about eight. And so from like eight till 12, my dad, <clears throat> my dad's whole, whole like alcohol thing and that dynamic in the, in the household was super traumatic for my sister and I. And, um, um, you know, I basically surfing was my escape. Surfing was the thing that, that kind of like was always there to get away from what was happening at home. So that was, I was really like surfing. I feel like it saved me in so many ways. Um, but yeah, so I always loved surfing. And then when my parents got divorced, um, I started kind of screwing up and I had a couple really bad, or I had one really bad report card. And I remember my mom didn't play that at all. She was very strict (laughs) and um, she expected a lot from me. She set the bar super high in her own life, by example. And um, she was like, Hey, like the surfboard's gone. You're not surfing for like a whole quarter of school until you get better, you know, better grades. And so the, the, you know, the idea of my not being able to surf was so like for, for a little while, I kind of like took it for granted and didn't, I was starting to stray even from surfing, but to, to not have the option to surf was, was so such a crazy thought for me. And um, so anyway, long story short, I kind of got my shit together, kind of took a hard look at my life and what I was doing. Um, And, you know, like the sort of the road that I was going down, I had a couple of mentors that talked to me at that time, kind of explained to me like, you know, this is normal, but I got to get my shit together. And um, so I got back on track, started getting better grades, got my surfboard back, fell in love with surfing all over again, and then got hyper-focused on surfing. And then when I was 15, I moved out um, on my own to another island to become a pro surfer. <laughs> that's a, That's amazing. Uh, your mom sounds like a superhero. That's, uh, that's, that's really cool hearing you reflect on, on the impact that she had on your life and taking that surfboard away. I know that probably sucked for her. Like as a, as a dad who, 
is learning how to discipline young kids. It sucks when you have to do stuff like that. So like I can kind of empathize with her taking that away from you, but knowing that like that's the best thing for you in the long run. Yeah, it was really hard for her because it was surfing was the healthiest thing in my whole life. So to take that away was really difficult, I think, for her. And it was super difficult for me, you know, <clears throat> but it was what I needed at the time. It was like, I mean, it was a probably a shallow rock bottom, but for me, it was like a rock bottom moment in my life where I was like, it like, it just kind of took that for me to kind of reset and reflect and really have a good look at what was happening. Mm -hmm. I was so young, you know, like I grew up really early, really fast just because of the circumstances in my home. Um, so yeah, I was, I was a little bit of an old soul at that time. I'd been through a ton. So, but yeah, I mean, it kind of set the stage for, for, for the next chapter of my life, which I was really thankful for. With your dad's, um, <clears throat> with your dad's drinking when you were young, was, was, was abuse involved in that? Or was it really just, he was checked out, not really there? It was more, um, yeah, he was definitely not abusive. Uh, it was just, Yeah, he was just checked out. I mean, he was, he, he, you know, he, 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 he ran a restaurant during those years and, and a bar. And so, you know, he would, he would be, you know, sleeping all morning and then he would like be running his errands and then he'd be like, he would get home late at night and he'd basically be like drunk all evening and night. That was basically his, it was kind of his job. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he was at the restaurant being a host, being like Mr. Friendly, Mr. Like, know everybody in town. Everyone was always like drinking back then. And he was like all about it. So yeah, I mean the, and the, you know, I don't know. He, yeah, he, 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 he wasn't abusive at all. Um, yeah, he, I don't, I don't think I have like issues about his abuse or anything. He was definitely like when I screwed up, he would beat the crap out of me, but it was like, I did, I kind of like had it coming and we, he wouldn't do it just cause he was angry or anything like that. Yeah. It was when I was like, I, when I was messing up. Yeah. Just more old school discipline, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it was good. <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds weird, but I needed it. <laughs> and I think it was a positive thing in my life. Yeah. Not at the yeah. time. <clears throat> yeah. It could be it can be a good thing, I guess, when it when it's needed. Mm -hmm. Um well man, yeah, that's, that's uh probably for some people, but yeah, for me, for me in particular, it definitely was a good thing. Yeah. So I, I'd be curious now, do you do you like, have you spanked your kids? Is that something that you like went the other way children? on or yeah, not, not do you spank <clears throat> your children, but like, is that something that you like, that's like you said, that's controversial. Like, do you spank? It is super controversial, huh? It's like one of those things you're not even really supposed to talk about, but yes, I definitely spanked the crap out of my son when he was young. <laughs> he was um, not my daughter so much. She's been pretty chill, but um, when my son was young, he was very like, kind of like me, like he just was really combative. And really like, it's weird too, because like the, you know, spank spankings wouldn't even really do anything with him. He's like a strange child, really. <laughs> but yeah. So when it, when, when he, when, when, when it, when it came down to it and there was no other option. Yeah. It's smack, smack his butt really hard. Yeah. That's something I've wrestled with. I've, I, when I, my kids were younger, they're, they're only almost six, almost four. Now there was a period where I did spank them. And then I realized like my oldest is a very sensitive kid, like stern words, like cut him, like cut him hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I realized I had to be a little bit more sensitive with him. And, and um, he's got some like 
sensory processing things where he gets real big emotions. It gets real wound up. So like spanking him, I've learned like that's not going to help him learn what's going on in his body. So I've kind of had to take a step back and it's challenged me in a lot of ways to be like, okay, I am going to have to win the emotional battle with my five-year-old when he's having like absolutely losing his shit and spanking is not going to be the outlet. I really got to dig in. It's hard, yeah. Um, but I, I, I've gone back and forth with it at times. But you're right; it's like one of those things. Like you're not supposed to really talk about it, but like everybody, I think, has that question in their head of like, "Am I doing the right thing? Am I disciplining right?" Uh, it right. just seems like every kid. You is have so to make different. sure it's not. You have to make sure it's not coming from from your personal anger. It's more about like, "Hey, this kid needs to realize like this moment isn't like the other moments. It's like a totally different level of mm-hmm. like, hey." you screwed up big time. You're not realizing how severe this is. You need a little bit of a wake up call. And it's more of like a shock thing, mm-hmm. not like a pain thing or an anger. Right. Thing. It's more like you just want them to have like a moment where like, Holy crap, this is, I really screwed up. You know what I mean? Like dad is, is flipping out. Dad just whacked me. Um, yeah. So, and then I think every single time I've ever done it, I'll like say like a half an hour later, hour later, I'll have a real sit down with him and yeah. talk with him about it. And sometimes I was wrong or over, you know, like um, overreacted um, and I was in the wrong. Um, and I'll talk to him about that as well. So, you know, yeah. th- there's, there's no perfect parenting. So we're, we're, we're all, I, I, you know, I feel like I'm learning as I go and I definitely make mistakes. And so, and so if I ever do feel like I really made a mistake, I'll definitely sit him down and talk with him about that and apologize and, and, and really like hash that out to make sure there's no, there's no like real questions he has about all that stuff. You know, I just, I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page and it's not like dad's flying off in a fit of rage or anything like that. I definitely don't ever want it to be like that in my house. Yeah. That's such, I think the delineation you made there, like making sure that it doesn't come from a place of like reactionary anger where you, mm-hmm. it really is like a teaching moment if you're going to do that. And I've, <clears throat> I've started doing the same thing. I try with my three-year-old. He's a little, he's still so little, it's kind of tough, but my five-year-old is about to turn six. You know, there's times where it's like, you know, he'll act out and, you know, I'll lose my temper and yell. And I know he's not learning in that moment, really anything, but like it's, I, I know it's something's registered to your point. Like there's a little shock, like, oh shit, dad yelled at me. Like, Dad doesn't yeah. really yell, but he yelled. <clears throat> Something's up. And then I kind of have to go back to him, you know, like you said, like a half half hour later. And sometimes I'll sit with him and be like, buddy, did, did that make sense? Like, did, did that make sense why you got in trouble? Why I had to teach you something there? Sometimes it's nope. Sometimes it's yeah, dad, I got it. Um, but I, to your point, I've I found that it's 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 helping get smoother. <clears throat> and I think it helps build that trust, too. Like and to your point, like if if you mess up, like if it is an overreaction or something like that, it kind of gives you the chance to come to the table and say, like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, buddy. Like that 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 wasn't cool. This is why I was upset, but what the way I acted wasn't cool. Uh, but that's hard to do sometimes. It's it's funny how a, a child that small can. I, I don't know about you, but man, there's just sometimes where I'm like, I'm gonna lose my freaking mind. My five year old is he's gonna he's gonna outwit me. He's gonna out emotion me here. I'm gonna lose it. Well, yeah, for for sure that happens, but. It, and and then at the same time, it's like you 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 have to remember that these kids are like a sponge, especially at that age. Like they're literally learning whether you're actively teaching them or not. Mm-hmm. Whether whether you're conscious of it, they're learning. So if you 
if if you come at th- them in a learning moment with like violence and anger, mm-hmm. they're learning to do that. Yep. You have to remember that all the time. Like yep. you don't ever like, I don't ever want my kids to be violent in their life. I don't want them to become violent people or react in anger and like become, you know, overly emotional and lose it, lose self-control. So mm-hmm. that's something that I always have to remember, you know? So I just, you know, in those moments, it's really hard sometimes because you, your kids drive you crazy sometimes, you know, they really, really do. And some people out there are like, don't even know what I'm talking about because their kids are angels or whatever. And then there's other people that are listening or like, oh my gosh, yeah, you have no idea. My kids, my kids, like, my kids, like super crazy. So yeah. <clears throat> there's a whole spectrum. So yeah, I caught myself and and not just this one time, but I mean, a bunch of times you catch yourself in the cycle of like, I'll catch myself yelling at my son to stop yelling. And I'm like, how stupid mm-hmm. am I? I'm t- I'm using words to say don't yell, but I'm yelling them at them. And he's going to remember the action of me yelling, not me telling him not to yell. So it's like I'm indirectly teaching him the opposite of what I'm trying to say to him. Yeah. I'm just, and I'll like, I'll look back at myself. I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Like, how do I not have the emotional intelligence to like take, take the deep breath? But something that's helped me recently is rather than like, my override to that now. So I'm, I catch it. I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm about to, I feel like I need to yell. So, all right, let's calm the brake or pump the brakes, take a deep breath. I'll try to like whisper to him or talk very softly. And now that's kind of like my override. So like, if I get real quiet with the kids, that's, they're starting to pick up like, oh, I really need to listen to dad. If he's getting real right. quiet and like in a whisper. Right. Um, and then I'm trying to teach the, I mean, I'm trying to teach myself as much as them, but just to downregulate when there's something very important to be said rather than a just explosion of anger, that's just going to teach them the opposite of what, of what I want them to learn anyway. Yeah. It's funny how instinctually we feel like if we raise the, raise the volume and the intensity and anger in our voices, that they're going to get it better. Where really the opposite is true. It's so, it's so counterintuitive, but if you do quiet down, get really close and look them right in the eye and talk to them about the situation about this isn't happening the right way, or you're not doing, this is like really wrong what you're doing or whatever the situation may be. I think that's much more effective for sure, but it's really hard to remember. it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's literally, it's like you raise the the decibel level. It's like, you might as well put a stair step for them to then jump off of and yell back at you even louder. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's a that that's a tough one. If if you ever get that nailed down, like to where you're really cruising with that, please let me know. I'll let you know. I, yeah, please write the book on it. Somebody has to um, eventually. Uh, all right. So if we get back into your story a little bit, so like obviously you were you were telling us about how you fell in love with surfing. You get into surfing. Obviously, you have this amazing career. Like you're legendary. You're known for what you've done in in the <clears throat> ocean. So if we kind of, I guess, start where we are now and look back. So like, where were you in your journey when you met your wife? Wow. That's a really good question. Um, so I met my wife when I was 20. Uh, yeah. I met my wife when I was 20. So early on. Yeah. So she was, she was 18 and she had just graduated from high school. I was starting to travel full time on the on the world tour. So the, the, the world surfing tour, mm-hmm. um, I had been out of high school just for a couple of years and I was kind of living, I was, I was living, you know, 
in California a lot, uh, um, on the North shore of Oahu a lot. I was basically like, kind of like pursuing pro surfing, but basically like living on friends' couches, doing whatever I had to do to try to figure it out. <clears throat> um, cause I was a kid. I didn't really have any money. I didn't really have any like significant sponsorships. So I was kind of just doing what it took. And I was like kind of traveling around California, doing a lot of surf contests at the time. And, um, we had a mutual friend, um, who I was really close to. And, uh, my, my, my wife now, uh, she sort of, she, she had a, she, I think she, she had like a high school boyfriend. They broke up my, my, our, our mutual friends said, Hey, you guys have to meet. Um, so we kind of got set up, I guess. Um, so I met her in California and San Diego and, um, yeah, is, is, it's kind of funny. She, <laughs> It's kind of a personal story, but uh, it's pretty funny. She, um, so her boyfriend that she just broke up with, I was friends with, um, but I kind of had a crush on her, which is terrible to say that. But I never talked to her before. I just yeah. seen, her, but I was yeah. like, I I would see her and be like, oh my goodness, I, you know, I that girl's beautiful. I never even told. I never really even told anybody except this mutual friend. Yeah. And at the time when I told her she we weren't mute, she wasn't friends with this girl. Mm -hmm. I just told I just told my friend who was a girl, yeah, this girl in California, oh my goodness, whatever, you know. And so anyway, when her and her boyfriend broke up, our mutual friend said, Hey, you have to call my friend Shane. He's, you know, like you guys gotta you guys gotta go on a date, whatever. So I'm in California, uh, in Newport Beach, and the phone rings and it's my wife Lisa now. Uh, and so we talk, we talk for like an hour, like you get along super good on the phone. And I was, so I went down to San Diego a couple of days later, we went on a date. Um, we went to, what did we do? The first, the first date I think was sleepless in Seattle. We went to the, we went to the movies. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a chick flick from a million oh, years yeah. ago. I was going to uh, say that's, that's a throwback major throwback yeah it like sets the sets the stage for the chapter in history when that was that was literally in theaters that's how long ago that was that was in 993 i think uh 1993 was, i bet a lot of your listeners weren't even born yet um i was two years old at that point yeah that's crazy right yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was 20 and so we went on three dates in a row um in san diego and then I was leaving because I was traveling on the on the I was traveling and competing in all these surf contests. And so I was gonna be gone for like three months. And so we went on three dates. And on our third date, I said, Hey, I really want to see you again. I really like you. This is like old school, right? There's no, mm -hmm. there was no social media. There was no I we all we we were finding things out about each other with no other input at all. Like it's like probably so foreign to a lot of your listeners, but mm -hmm. there were, there was no match.com. There was no Tinder. There was no, uh, there was no social media. There was no Instagram. There was no direct messaging. Like you literally like had to meet people through like friends or like meeting someone like sacking it up and going down the beach to go meet some girl on the beach that you thought was cute. Like it was so different. And so we, you know, we, 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 we hit it off. We had three dates in a row. And then I was like, Hey, I, I'm going to be gone for like three months. I'm not going to see you. So I have a 10 day break between events in France. Um, 
why don't you come and visit during that time? And I've never been to Paris. I was, I, I don't even know how I was thinking this way back then. I was like a kid, but I'm like, Hey, let's, let's spend 10 days together in France. And so that's what happened. Like a, so like a month later, she got off the plane in France. I'd only known her for three days. Um, and we spent like a week and a half kind of getting to know each other in France, which was really cool. That'll do it. That, that, that'll, it sounds like that worked out pretty well. well. That'll either be really good or really bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you get to <laughs> yeah. know each other. Like you think you, you're, you're like you, after three dates, you think you like, eat, so, like somebody, but, but you really just spent like a few hours together. Yeah. You know, like talking after the movies or something. But yeah. when you, when you're staying together in a foreign country where almost nobody speaks English and you're like navigating things and like, you know, spending full days together. It's like, it's totally different. So you, you either realize right away that you, you either really like this person or you really, it's not on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so we clicked right away and totally fell in love and we were together for five years. So we, we had a very, very like, um, you know, we, 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 we had a pretty serious relationship for five years and, and during those five years, I was competing full-time on the world tour. So then I started ascending on this higher level of competing, trying to win a world title, doing all that stuff. And then at the same time, she had gone to college at UCLA and then got a job in Los Angeles. And so our lives were like crazy busy. Like I was traveling literally full-time. Mm -hmm. I was at home maybe one month a year at that time. And wow. then she was, she was basically could never never visit me she was super busy with her own job and her own life her own career and so it was just really difficult it's our our relationship really started uh you know being under pressure and so we split up um we split up for three years so we were apart for three years and then uh, after that three years we kind of reconnected and decided to get married that's amazing. Yeah. How long, how long did it take after you guys reconnected after that period? I, it was funny. Like dur during, during those three years, she had a boyfriend. I had a couple girlfriends and I was at my buddy's house and I was always in love with her. I always knew that she was like the one for me and all this. Like it was very like, um, you know, it really was like, I was like never going to marry anyone but her. Yeah. Um, and, but she had, she was so busy in her life and what was going on. And then, she called me one day. She was in California. I was in Hawaii. And she was just like, Hey, like, um, like I hate Los Angeles. I don't like my job anymore. I'm going to make a change in my life. I don't know what that looks like, but I just need to get out of here. Can I come visit you in Hawaii? And at the time I had a girlfriend, you know, and, uh, and so I was like, yeah, you can come during Christmas. So I sent my girlfriend back home to the East coast. <laughs> um, and Lisa, my wife, uh, she spent like a week with me in Hawaii and I, when she was here, I just like put it all out there. I was like, Hey, I'm, you're, you're the one, as far as I'm concerned, I'm totally ready to do this. The, you know, marriage, kids, I'll live wherever you want the whole deal. Let's, let's do it. And she seemed to be ready too. And so we made some changes in our lives and got back together and got engaged and, and, um, the rest is history. That's super cool. So she's really been a part of your, as far as your career goes, I guess she's pretty much been there from the beginning, except for maybe a couple of years in the middle there. She's really been a part of this yeah. thing for a long time. Um, 
fast forward a little, where were you in the journey when kids came in the mix? <clears throat> yeah. So, so we decided to get married and, um, neither one of us was in a rush to, to have kids. Um, we both wanted to have kids and be parents at some point, but we weren't ready. We, well, we, we probably were ready, but we didn't feel ready. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, we, we, I think we got married when I was like, I think we got married when I was 30 and then didn't, didn't, um, we didn't, we didn't get pregnant with our first, first kid, I think for five years. So we, we, we just, we, we both had so much that was, was happening in our lives that we really didn't want to have kids yet. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we just kind of planned, we made a plan like, Hey, this is a, okay. We're starting to feel like this is like, you know, we went, okay. Like next year, like with my, my career, I wanted to kind of shift gears and with, with what was happening with her, she was kind of at a point in her life where she's like, okay, it's let's work towards this being the time. Mm -hmm. So it was very well planned out. It wasn't, there wasn't, no, it wasn't like an accidental thing or like a um, spontaneous thing or anything like that. It definitely was well thought out years yeah. in advance. And you've, you, <laughs> so you've got two, right? Boy and a girl. Two, yeah. yeah. So my, my first one uh, is Jackson. He's, he's just turned 16. Yeah. And, and he's surfing too, right? He surfs. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a pro surfer, which is strange to say that. Um, and then my daughter, Charlie is 12. Very cool. Um, it's, it's funny hearing you talk about your story saying you guys had like the five-year plan and then the five-year plan actually got executed. I feel like that's so rare. I've, I think I've mentioned this on here at one point, but when my wife and I first got married, we kind of started talking like, all right, well, you know, when are we going to have kids? And I was like, all right, I need five years in my career. That was my number. I was like five years. And then I'll like, yeah. I'll feel good. I'll have my legs under me, whatever. And dude, it was literally five days later that I came home from work and there was a positive pregnancy test on the table. And I was like, Whoa, all right. Well, I, five years, five days. What's the difference? Let's go. Let's get after it. Um, you know, it's just one of, one of those things. My five year plan didn't work out. Wouldn't change a thing for the world. Um, uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's funny when you said the five years, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, so what's it been like having your son kind of come up in your, uh, come up behind you now he's surfing like what's what's it like having him out there with you strange yes <laughs> to, be, to be honest yeah it, strange in a lot of different ways mainly because i didn't see it coming um you know my my son he got really into skateboarding when he was he, he, i mean he had a lot going on too like he was like a different kind of kid like he, when he was really little, he had crazy colic. I don't know if you know what that is, mm -hmm. but like yep. really extreme. And then he had like, he was like a really high energy kid, like crazy, like ADHD type of kid. And um, really like the early years in school were like insanely difficult for him. He's super, super smart, but like mm -hmm. he's one of those kids where like his brain just and it won't shut off and it won't slow down. Um, it made it really difficult when he was really young. And so like team sports weren't like a really an option. It was like that, you know, intense. Mm -hmm. And then he found skateboarding and then he got really into skateboarding. Um, he got really good at skateboarding and um, he had surfed before skateboarding. I, I, I would take him to the beach and I would ride waves with him when he was really little. I would throw him on my back. He would ride my back and ride waves together. Mm -hmm. And he loved doing that. And then I think when he found skateboarding, he was like, hey, like surfing is your thing, dad. Like you're a surfer, I'm a skateboarder. And 
I was like, Hey, I'll, I'll, it is funny. Cause for like a three year period from like, I think when he was like maybe seven to uh, seven to nine ish, he basically didn't want to surf. He just wanted a skateboard. And I was like, Hey, like I'll take you to the skate park for like, and he was hardcore. He, I would take him to skate park for like five, six hours. Great. <laughs> wow. And I'd be like, Hey, I'll take you to, to skate park for five or six hours. But first you, you got to catch 10 waves with me. Like, I'm not telling you to be a surfer. I'm just saying, like, if I can go to the skate park for five hours, you can catch 10 waves with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you, you need to be a surfer or anything like that. I don't care yeah. if you're a surfer or not. But, like, this is, like, you know, you got to – there's a give and a take. I, I, let's go catch some waves together, and then I'll go to the skate park with you. And so, like, two years later, like, he basically – he had a couple injuries from skateboarding and then he realized like a lot of his friends were at the beach surfing. They all started falling in love with surfing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I started taking him to the beach again and then he just, you know, naturally fell in love with surfing kind of on his own. He found surfing and then he was like, this is so fun. Yeah. He's with his friends and then he started getting good at surfing. Surfing is much harder to get good at. Yeah. You know, sk- skateboarding is so popular with young kids because they can just do it all day, you know? And then yeah. when it gets dark, they can turn on the lights. And then when they're in their room, they can take off their wheels and practice flip tricks. Like yeah. you can just practice forever. But with surfing, you got to like drive to the beach. And if the tide's wrong, it's it's not, it doesn't work. If the wind's wrong, it doesn't work. If the swell's too small, it doesn't work. If the swell's too big, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So surfing is really difficult to get good at. But then he started getting good at surfing and then just... It's really neat now just because he's he has such a passion for surfing. And I feel like surfing in his life is different than it was for me. But at the same time, it's like a release and an outlet and like a stress reliever for him as well, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Do you worry at all or have you gone through this at all with him? <clears throat> just given the, the level of success the dad's had and him kind of coming up behind you, has, has, have you had to work with him, I guess, dealing with like, him trying to live up to to dad's level of success or any any expectations set in in that in in that manner i don't think so i think that is a thing and it's something that i'm aware of for sure i'm like i definitely have a lot of awareness about that um and i've thought about that quite a bit but no i honestly i think he puts a lot of pressure on himself not and I, you know, I could be wrong, but I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself with his own expectations mm-hmm. of really, really having high expectations and really high goals for himself. Yeah. Really don't have a whole lot to do with me. It's more like he's really competitive <clears throat> with himself and competitive with like the other kids that are kind of at his level. Mm-hmm. He wants to be on a, a really high level when he was like 20, 25 years old. Yeah. Right now he's 16. So he's like, he's looking at it like, okay, I have like four years and like, what do, what do I want to do this year? And then what do I, where do I want to be next year? And where do I want to be the next year after that? So, yeah, I mean, maybe he's thinking about that with me because I've had a lot of success, but I think he more thinks about me being successful in my surf career as just something that how I can, I have a ton of experience and expertise yeah. In surfing, I think he looks at it like, and I coach surfers as well. Mm-hmm. So I've coached, <clears throat> like I've, 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 I've coached surfers that won multiple world titles and, and I'm, and I'm, and so, so I'm, I'm providing expertise to top level surfers now. So I think he looks at it like, Hey, wow, my dad, my, my dad actually knows what he's talking about <laughs> when he's, 
when he's talking about surfing. So I think yeah. he looks at me as like a tool in his toolbox, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's and, uh... and I, we also do the same thing for a living. So we travel like nearly full time surfing together yeah. because it's our, both of our jobs. So we're, we're in Indonesia all the time and we, we're in California all the time. We go to wave pools in Texas and I'm always like coaching other kids and top level surfers. And so there's a real like natural synergy between me having being still being a pro surfer and then him sort of entering that that space it, it yeah. just it works really well for our lives um it's difficult because we're gone a lot like the boys like me and me and my son are gone from home a lot and my daughter and wife come with us when they can but it's definitely a, a smaller percentage of the time yeah is that is that hard is that something that i guess you kind of do you struggle with that like with your daughter do you guys like how do you navigate that like does she get jealous at all not as much as i thought would be an issue to be honest because i'm like hypersensitive about that because that was an issue in my own life like with me and my sister i was always like you know i, I had a lot of like cool opportunities when i was a kid because of surfing not nearly what he had like not nearly what my son has my son's at a much, 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 much higher level than I ever was when I was his age. Um, and the opportunities he has are crazy. Um, like really neat travel opportunities, really neat competing opportunities. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hyper aware of that and sensitive to it with my daughter. So whenever I'm with my daughter, we try to spend a lot of quality time together. And um, I feel like we're really close, my daughter and I. Um, and she understands that like, we have tons of conversations about how, you know, just like about how, about her brother. I mean, it's, it sounds strange, but like her brother's in a different situation that is highly unusual for kids. He has a job. Yeah. He has like a real job that like he does, he does online school and like every day he, he has to train and focus and he has a totally different looking life than other kids. Um, he has very little time to himself. Um, it's a, his, his life has a lot of pressure in it just because of the, it, you know, that's the flip side to all the opportunities. And, and so I think she understands that. And there's a lot of really good learning. Um, and she's totally different type of kid too. She's very social. She loves her friends. She, you know, she dances hula. She goes to youth group. She has, she's like a totally different life than, than her brother. So mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that I feel like I need to always have those conversations and be completely transparent with her. Um, and just be aware that it is different. It is, it's a strange dynamic with the kids because one kid is, his life is basically like, like a young adult in terms of responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really cool that you are so intentional about talking about that and just being upfront about it like this this is different like this is this yeah. is very unique and just i guess validating her and any emotion that she might feel as a result of that just validating that for her so that you guys can you know talk around it and, and live around it too i think that's uh that's really interesting i um so in, in getting you on here i had a, several different people recommend you to come on the show they were like you gotta get shane on he's a phenomenal dad they, like a couple different people uh, I mentioned Jordan Palmer and um, he, he had some high praise for you. So I want to just, just kind of throw you a softball. This is kind of like a, a blue ocean question, but if I just threw it out to you, you know, like, so you've ra you're raising a son and a daughter. 
um, those or those mid early teenage years, like, I guess what would be like, if you had to boil down like your, your general, like approach to parenting, like to give us, give us the nuts, nuts and bolts on like who you are as a dad, what's important to you? Like, what are the things that you like, that you stand up about that you kind of harp on with them? What are the core, like maybe core values, something like that? Like, can you bottle that up for us? Like what, what, what has made you the dad that you've obviously raised two great kids, but you've, you've got other people looking at you and following along and, and taking notes on you as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't really have a plan to be honest. I'm just kind of <laughs> winging it as a dad and to, and to hear that, um, you know, people I respect feel like I'm a good dad. That's like the ultimate compliment, right? That's like, it's the most important job in the world. So the most important thing you could ever do is be a dad and be a good dad and, and produce and raise amazing children. And as, as you probably know, we're, we have, we have real limitations of how much influence we have on our kids. Like they, a huge part of who they end up being is who they are already when they're born in a lot of ways. We have a very, like, I think we overestimate how much influence we have as parents. We, we have a super, but what, what we can influence is super important. I think like giving them the tools and helping them learn and giving them perspective. And, you know, I think all that is super, super, super important, but I think it's important to know that I I know a lot of like really amazing parents who have crappy kids when they grow up. And I feel so bad for those parents. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like those people are such good parents. That's unfair that yeah. this person turned out to be a shit person and they have such good parents. It's like, I feel so, because if, I feel like if you're a really good parent, you deserve to have great kids, you know, yeah. <laughs> that grow up to be like amazing adults is what I'm yeah. saying. Yep. Yep. Um, I just, yeah, I always feel bad. So I just, there's only so much you can do as a parent. And I think that's important to remember that it doesn't mean that you need to put in less effort or, or, or not take your parenting seriously. So for me, honestly, it's about example. I, I I tried to to be a good example of how of 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 what works in in life. To, so I feel like they're just always. I think feel like they they learn so much more by being around their parents day to day and seeing how their parents live their life and their how their parents structure their lives. Like for me, my life has a lot of discipline in it. Um, that's something that I got from my mom. And I feel like my mom is really who she is in a lot of ways because of her discipline. Mm -hmm. And so I learned that from a super young age. And so I've always been really, really a disciplined person. And I, that a lot of the best things in my life have come from discipline. So that's probably a really big one. And then also like integrity, like I, I'm always like not really telling my kids, but like kind of trying to show them like, Hey, if I say something, that's what it means. Mm -hmm. You know, if I say I'm showing up, that's what it means. You know, if I, if I say I'm going to do something, it's not, I'm just not saying it. Like I'm going to take steps to do those things. Like, and I'm, and then we, we always talk about goals, you know, and in life, whether it's like tiny little goals about getting a B plus in science or whether it's like a goal about like winning a world title in 10 years, like it it, it doesn't matter what the goal is like a goal. And I'm I'm always telling them this, like a, like a, a goal is just a wish if you don't have a plan. So like if your goal is to get a B plus in science, it's, it's meaningless unless you have a plan to get there. 
And if your plan is to, if your goal is to win a world title when you're 25 years old, it's it's nothing. It's just a it's a wish without like an actual plan to get there. And if you never get there, that's fine. But like you need to come back and go, okay, here's my goal. It's super important. I need to write it down and and really understand why this is my goal and be super sure that that's it. But then come all the way back to right now and go, what can I do from now until then to where I can like start, you know, making progress towards that goal. Yeah. And I feel like that's a really important thing. And that's what I've always done in my life with goal setting. Um, and then also like, I try to be a fun parent. Like I, I guess like I probably come off like really intense. I, my wife says that a lot. You're so intense. And people think I'm really serious, but I'm like really silly and goofy a lot. And I think my, my kids definitely know that. Um, And that's definitely a side that I feel like is, is you, is a lot of people who don't know me don't even know that side exists, but my kids definitely do. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I don't really know if great. I even answered that question, but um, no, I mean you nailed it. I mean, I've, I kind of had a, I had some light bulbs going off as you were talking, thinking about <clears throat> helping your kids set their own goals. I think where I've fallen short, um, particularly with my oldest, my young, my three year old, like he's he's three, but my five six year old, he's starting to get into sports. He loves baseball. And he's starting to get ambitious about things, and I think like the mistake I've made in that arena, parenting through that, is like. I guess, projecting my own goals for him, like setting a goal, like, hey, buddy, let's get better at this before the season starts. Right. Rather than starting in a place where I'm like, hey, buddy, like, what do you, like, what sports do you want to play this year? What is exciting to you about it? And like, what would be really cool if, like, if you felt like you got better at something, what would be really cool? And then helping him, like, go down the path that he wants to go down rather than me being like, Hey buddy, this is what you got to do to play baseball. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like letting him kind of carve his own path and letting kind of just guiding his own discovery through that rather than me just running the Zamboni down the, down the line for him and letting him skate behind me. That's one of the, I feel like that's one of the hardest things. And I, I feel like for, for all parents, it's probably hard, but specifically for, for dads, it's, it's like in our DNA, especially for, I feel like for sports and, and it's probably like that for academics, for, for, for some dads, but like for, for me and my circle of friends, like the dad thing with their kid in sports, like there, there's something about your kid competing turns you insane. Like, <laughs> dude, I, I mean, and I, it probably ha- it for sure happens to me too, but I'm like hyper aware of it because I'm in sports. My, 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 my career in life has been in surfing for, you know, 35 years now and and i'm around like really crazy surf parents mm-hmm. like people who you know hire full-time coaches for their kids and like there's a guy on their on the beach every moment of every session that their kids have with a with a with a with a piece of paper and a film camera and they come in and talk to them and they go right back out and like they're at every surf contest. They go around, you know, like these really crazy surf parents. And um, they, when the, when the kid's heat starts in a contest, they just flip out, like lose all control, yelling at him, screaming at him from the beach, like these kind of crazy parents. Like, it's just so strange what happens to us when our kids become competitive. And there's a huge spectrum of how much of a crazy soccer dad you are, but you're somewhere on there because it's like really emotional. Even if it's just like simply like, I don't want to, it hurts my heart to see my kid when he's 
bummed after a game. Yep. Like that can be set that simple. Right. And then it can be yep. like, you're crazy trying to like control their lives and their, and their, there's like the t- <laughs> 10 out of 10 crazy soccer dad who's like getting in a fight with other parents on the side of the sideline. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a funny thing to navigate when your kid gets into sports. And it, um, I think the really important thing is to remember and make sure the kid remembers that any goals that are set in regards to sports are their goals, not your goals. Right. And like, it's, it's, this hits home for me because I am a pro surfer and my son now is a pro surfer. I am at sort of the end of my career and he's at the start of his, and I know a lot about where he's going. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult for me to not be that guy who's like, Hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. I already know what you like. I know all this stuff. You need to listen to me. Like, I don't want to be that dad. I, I, and I'm always telling them like, cause I do know how to get there. I really do. I got the playbook. I know the steps to take. I know the process so well, I'm literally helping other people get there like professionally. Yeah. Um, and for me, I always have to take, take a step back. I, I coach my, my own kid way less than other kids. Yeah. And I'm always like, Hey, like, I don't think you realize, like, I'm not trying to continue a life in pro surfing forever through you. That's I'm literally like looking for, I love my life in pro surfing, but this is your goal. This is, these, these are your dreams. It's not my dream. My dream is not for you to become a pro server. It's not, it's, this has to be your dreams has to be your goal. These steps that you're taking are not, has nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? This is not like if I'm, if I'm telling you that you need to train four hours a day and get your schoolwork done so you can go surfing and stuff like it, this is about you. It's not about me. And I, and that's like one of those things where I need him to know that, Hey, my dad isn't, isn't like, uh, and it's difficult. It's a very hard line to, to thread. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's a really, and especially in my case, I think it's a really hard line to, to walk because, because I do have so much expertise in, in that field that he's setting all his goals in, yeah. but I want those goals and dreams to specifically be his and him to take ownership of them. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. It's, I think that's, so, I mean, it's, it's so huge. We see it. Oh my God, our little league baseball field. We have an amazing community with a lot of parental involvement, which is a good thing. Like it's a really yeah. good thing. But you do same th- same thing that you you were talking about with the surfing parents. Like you can tell, like the kids that are like I'm a believer that, especially at a younger age, and maybe it just continues for forever. I don't know when. I don't know if there's a time limit on this, but I think the kids that are having the most fun, like the kids who are there to play baseball or to surf or whatever it is, because that's what they want to do, and then they actually have a good experience or a challenging experience that they want to come back for, whatever that looks like. I think those are the kids that end up. I guess going the distance, like your son's probably a great example of that. Like he was able to, like, you didn't just say, all right, buddy, we're surfing. Damn it. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was able to go explore skateboarding and explore these other things, but you guys had a little bond in the water and then he kind of was able to just have fun with it and then grow into it and have a real curiosity about it. Um, but to your point, it's so hard to not just be like, all right, buddy, we're going surfing today. Or, all right, we're going to go hit three buckets of balls in the batting cage today. Or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it's tough. Little, little league sports are tough. 
raising kids is tough. Discipline's tough. It's all tough. There's no book on it. Like I said before, if you figure, if you really get this stuff down, please write a book. Um, well, and every kid is different. That. That's the interesting thing is if your parenting style is one way and you're inflexible, you're going to not be a great parent, especially if you have more than one kid. Yep. Because, you know, all kids learn completely differently. They, they all are wired completely differently. They all need to be disciplined completely differently, like boundaries, goals, everything. Everything for every kid is completely different. So what work, what works really well for one of your kids might not be effective at all with the other. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's a super important thing to, to, to be aware of and to learn as you go. And I mean, parenting is so hard. I mean, I don't think anybody's like a natural parent. Some people might be naturally slightly better, but I think so much of it is just like the willingness, like being, being excited to learn how to be a good parent along the way is the biggest thing. I love that phrasing because that's so true, man. My two kids couldn't possibly be any different. I'm starting to learn with my first is way more like me, like firstborn stereotypical, like kind of type A is good, like very good with instruction and can kind of take that and run with it. And my second is very much the stereotypical second born and he's creative and he's like, don't tell him how to do anything. He's going to learn everything on his own. And I'm like, I got to, this kid's a different species. I got to learn how to parent him. And he's, you know, he's three and I'm starting to get a, a flavor for what you're talking about. Um, but I got a lot, a lot to look forward to in that regard. Uh, Shane, I want to be respectful of your time, man. This has been an, an amazing conversation. I cannot thank you enough again for making the time for ditching the gym this morning i felt so you you called for everybody shane called me he was like hey are we supposed to catch up right now and i was like yep and he was like all right I'm head to the gym but i'm actually gonna head home we'll hop on and i was like oh man i feel terrible but uh dude so pumped that we got to catch up and uh and happy we got to have this conversation today so really appreciate you for making the time thanks man thanks so much for having me on that was a lot of fun um yeah it, it was it was awesome thanks so much all right, brother. Well, uh, where's the best place for people to find you, follow you, learn more about you? Um, I mean, I don't really do a whole lot of social media. I just do Instagram and it's my name, Shane Dorian, S-H-A-N-E-D-O-R-I-A-N. -E sure. Um, it's easy to find. So yeah, we'll, we'll I'll be there. We'll, we'll link it up. And uh, if you guys have not seen the videos of this guy surfing on YouTube, look it up. I was watching one of the videos. If you, It was like one of the 60 foot waves or something. I was just like, I was, I had so much anxiety watching you surf in this video. <laughs> I was like sh holding my computer. Holding, I was like, holy shit, this looks terrifying. Um, anyway, appreciate you, appreciate you, man. We'll yeah, for sure. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.